1: Welcome to today's episode. This podcast is a conversation with Bill from the Teeny Tiny Stevie's. Now, if you've not heard of the Teeny Tiny Stevie's, you're going to want to hear of them by the end of this conversation. I have no doubts at all. The Teeny Tiny Stevie's are a musical duo of sisters Bill and Beth. And they create the most amazing children's music, which has so much purpose and intention and value. It's the sort of music that you as a parent, as an adult, are happy to listen to. And the messaging is so important. It's inclusive. It's informative. It's helpful. It's useful. And it's just a pleasure to listen to. And so we get stuck into how the teeny tiny Stevie's came to be, how they have gone from creating one album to now having multiple albums and, you know, over 10 million plays on the ABC app and the momentum that they have gained with this, I guess, genre of children's music that I believe they somewhat pioneered. I'm actually going to remove the somewhat. They pioneered it in my mind. They're brilliant. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Before we get stuck into it, I wanted to take a minute to thank today's sponsor of the podcast. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Nutra Organics. And in particular, I wanted to speak with you about their range of flavored collagen beauty. So Their original Collagen Beauty was the first ever collagen product that I introduced into my diet and I have since moved on to using Collagen Build as well. But Collagen Beauty always has a special place in my pantry and then Nutra Organics created their flavoured Collagen Beauty. And so this is so exciting because it's really easy to drink. They all taste delicious. They have a variety of flavours. There is waterberry lemon lime and wildflower i would say my favorite flavor is the wildflower it is hard to explain the taste it's a floral fruity light taste and I really, really like it. So I'm sure that you've heard collagen is such a buzz right now because it's so great for so many things. It's good for your skin, your hair, your nails. Um, It's also great for gut health as well. It helps to increase skin hydration and improve moisture levels as well as improving elasticity. It As I said, it's great for your gut because it can contribute to a healthy gut and skin by supporting the structure and the function of the connective tissue with vitamin C. There's just so many great reasons to consider introducing collagen to your diet. Of course, when it comes to your diet and your lifestyle, it's always great to speak with a trusted healthcare provider, whether that's your naturopath or your GP, but I am such a fan of Nutra Organics and the products that they create. So the flavoured collagen, as I said, waterberry, lemon, lime and wildflower, really, really easy to take. It's a powder and you just add it to water. I like mine with some ice as well. And it's great. It's also very high in protein as well. Um, So definitely check out their range of flavoured collagen beauty. And if you do decide to check out their range, make sure you use the code KYLIEPODCAST, all in capitals, for 15% off. It's a really nice way to start your day rather than having a coffee or a tea, particularly as it's getting warmer have a nice big glass of Flavoured Collagen Beauty. Or if you're not a great water drinker, a teaspoon of this in your water bottle or a serving size in your water bottle makes it so much easier to drink your water as well because it just adds a really light, delicate flavour. So definitely check out their range of Flavoured Collagen Beauty. That code again is KYLIEPODCAST, all in capitals. Now, let's get stuck into my conversation with the very charming, very funny and endearing Bill from the Teeny Tiny Stevies. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to have this chat with me. I've been so looking forward to speaking with you. Oh, thank you. I've been looking forward to speaking to you.
0: Oh, stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've been Instagram I, friends.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I've quite often... Um, you know, I'm up to date with your days because I'll quite often, uh, you know, follow along and okay. I'll, I haven't, I haven't checked in the last 24 hours. I wasn't sure uh, whether I should or shouldn't before this chat.
1: <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, I nearly died this morning. What? That sounds so dramatic. I probably didn't really die, but as I was dropping the boys to school, they go to school on one of those roads that have the trees that grow inwards over the road. And as I was driving, it, like, happened in slow motion in front of me. A tree trunk crashed right in front of me and just missed the car. Whoa. So it was a very near-death experience this morning. But that's all that you've missed on stories. Oh, my gosh. Was it windy? Is that why? I don't know. They're just very old trees. And the gentleman that came up behind me, he got to the road so we could get through. And he just said, oh, I've been, you know – it's been on my mind that one of these years a tree is going to go while someone's driving along and I'm like, Hmm, okay. Oh my gosh. But anyway, you've not missed anything on Instagram. I'm so glad you're alive. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a pleasure to speak with you on Instagram and I follow along (laughs) as well. And that's where I first came across you guys, which I'll speak about soon. Mm. But before we dive into that, how are you going with lockdown? Um, Good. I'm feeling I'm having a positive day. I mean, yeah,
0: Melbourne has been in lockdown and I mean, you know, really hard lockdown, lockdown, proper lockdown for um, an incredible amount of time now. Uh, you know, and I, uh, without sort of kind of wanting to like divide the country because, I, gosh, I feel like there's so much of that lately and I don't want any of that really. I just want us to be all just one big great happy, happy family. amazing family country whatever but you know I feel like in a sense if you haven't lived through it for this long you know like the first lockdown that we were all in you know that was sort of that was it felt very different because we truly were all in that together yeah and and then we we down you know for those of us down here went went back into this Lockdown, that much a much longer one, in the dead of winter, and it gets pretty gloomy in um, in Melbourne um, over winter anyway. And yeah, there's there, it's been rough. I would say it's it's been rough for people, but necessary. I think you know because I, I just feel like like I'm really happy that the virus is not um, you know running rampant anywhere else in Australia. Obviously, I think that's fantastic, um, but then it started sort of going off down here, and we just had to, we just had to sort of get rid of it again. Otherwise, you know, we know we never would have been allowed out of our own state, and that and so, that is a feeling that is a horrible feeling.
1: It's almost kind of like a bit of a double isolation. I can only imagine, and I won't be ignorant and say, oh, I, I empathize and I understand because we've been so fortunate here I'm in northern New South Wales and it's yes we had that lockdown earlier in the year but it was very mild compared to what you have been through as Melbournians but it's like that double isolation isn't it because you're isolated in your home but then you're segregated from the country and social media is amazing for connection but it's also kind of painful to watch everyone else getting on with their life yeah five kilometers from your house Yes.
0: I mean, personally, I found it quite nice being able to watch other people, um, you know, living normal lives in other parts. So like, you know, for example, if you're down the beach and you're showing me the beach, I'm like, oh, that's really nice for my soul. <laughs> just that thats sort of really nice. Um, there's a few sort of accounts that I just jump in and, and have a look at sometimes that would just be sh- basically showing me nature around their houses mm. and stuff, just sort of out of cities. And that was really beautiful. So I didn't see a lot of stuff that made me sort of, you know, feel angry or anything or I, I, I never felt sort of yeah sort of upset with anybody because they were able to live a normal life but um if anything else if if anything it was it was a lovely thing to be able to see that but yeah it really has been like that double isolation that you talk about so also um we've had what they call a ring of steel around melbourne so we haven't even been sort of locked out of the rest of australia we've really been locked out of um like 20 within a well at, into this ring of steel so we can't even go to regional victoria we haven't been able to do anything like that and so there's all these sort of symbolic segregations you know that are um well are they symbolic no they're actually very real uh, <laughs> but it makes you feel
1: um yes separate i guess uh, yeah that's segregation and isolation it's not a nice yeah. feeling and no. just to sort of have your autonomy yeah in, that's i think that's the thing and you at, might not go to these places anyway, but no,
0: now well, that's so exactly right. I was, I was um, watching the the press conference the other day when Dan um, was was sort of giving the update of uh, when we'd you know go to the next stage, albeit it's 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 sort of still very limited, but it's it's a great feeling to have, to sort of see that. And then we had two days with no cases, so there was a real elation in the air, and and it was it was fantastic. And he said something along the lines of within that press conference, and then in. You mentioned a date. I can't even remember what it was, like maybe two weeks in the future. We're gonna um, you know, we're gonna get rid of that ring of steel around Melbourne. And I burst into tears. <laughs> like, I just yeah, but, but it was like, Yeah, it was it was like hearing that made me realize how much that meant to me. It's not like I'd been sitting there before that wishing I could go to a particular place or anything like I'd become sort of quite comfortable and confident in what was what I was allowed to do and it was fine and then I heard that and just burst into tears and realized at that moment that was a huge deal
1: <laughs> yes exactly where the symbolism comes in because it's like yeah. yes that's actually making progress yeah 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 crazy times crazy times very crazy it's been a weird <laughs> old year it has but we're nearly to the end of it um yeah. But I would love to change lanes yes. and hear about how the Teeny Tiny Stevies came to be. Like, what is the origin story there?
0: Yeah, the origin story. So, um, yeah, I'm in the band with my sister. It basically, uh, it, Teeny Tiny Stevies are Beth and myself. And um, we, we've been playing music for, well, since forever. Our parents are musicians and um, we grew up. Uh, you know, ar- around them obviously, and learning to sing and uh, sing harmonies and play instruments with them. Um, getting up in their bands and um, you know going to sleep listening to them rehearsing. What sort of Andrew. what sort
1: of music did they play, Bill?
0: Well, they write they wrote music, but they also um, I guess they they had a uh, a band that was sort of their bread and butter band, which was a covers band uh, in the eighties and. And, and 90s, and um, they would do, you know,
1: lots of Fleetwood Mac. Um. <laughs> Which isn't that having a moment right now? <laughs> yes, exactly. I haven't yes. heard Fleetwood Mac played so much since I was a kid. Now all of a sudden yeah. it's like dreams is everywhere. Yes. I would I, – yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was about to ask you, where did that even start? I was about to have a whole social media conversation. Anyway, I won't well, do it that. Came,
1: it came Tell from me. the guy on the skateboard. Have you seen that viral video? Well, I got
0: I, – Maybe, but, but like there was, how, there's an random. original,
1: like I so random, but it's from what I understand. And I could be way off, I often am, mm. I'm often out of the zeitgeist. But yes, me too. I believe it's uh, there was a man in America and he's on a skateboard and he's cruising along and he has a, like a two liter bottle of ocean spray cranberry, cranberry juice. Yeah, and he's playing dreams and he's and, just cruising. And it's like a five second clip, but it's really that. taken off. And then everyone yeah. just tried to do it too. Do you think yeah.
0: it was was it? Do you think it was put together by Ocean Spray cranberry juice?
1: <laughs> well, no. Do you know what? Apparently, it was not. But they've had such a like such a surge in sales that they have actually gifted him a truck. And again, this could all just be Chinese <laughs> whispers. But I'm pretty sure that I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I yeah. will take that as gospel. That yeah, Ocean Spray then went on to gift this man a truck because they were like this has been the best publicity we've had. That imagine that happening for your brand just
0: totally oh. random like how random that's amazing so I mean you
1: need to get someone on a skateboard playing some of your songs uh, yeah <laughs> well when you you know you try and like redo something yeah hmm what could we do <laughs> so your parents were
0: in a cover band sorry yes that way off <laughs> no no uh yes they they in a they had their own cover band which which did like amazing things they they um you know they bought their house from from working from having their own band in that way amazing. and and playing heaps of corporate shows in the the sort of there was a big corporate world with lots of um sort of gig gigs for um for a cover band like theirs I guess and they'd have their own songs that they'd slot into the set too um so yeah that's the kind of music that they would. That they would be playing, that we would be around a lot, and um, yeah. And then when Beth and I became teenagers, we started doing our own our own music. And Mum and Dad would sort of always take us around to. They started to take us to a lot of sort of local festivals, um, and sort of roots music festivals. And we started seeing bands. I probably, I think it probably evolved. Like we started seeing bands like Titus, um, uh, the, and the Waifs, probably. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone remembers them. Uh, well, obviously the waves. I'm not sure if anyone remembered Titus. Titus were amazing as well. Um, and and I think it's by seeing bands like that uh, that that you know something would would have sort of clicked in our brains. Thought, oh, we could maybe we could do this. So we started writing our own stuff and um, and we started sort of applying to festivals around Australia. Before really we had our a full set of our own songs. <laughs> and um and I remember we got our first festival and then it it was sort of that moment that we worked out a 45 minute set we had sort of had to write enough songs to be able to get up on stage and play for 45 minutes and Um, you were still in your teens did you say yeah I reckon I would have been maybe 19 or something maybe 18 or 19 at our first our first festival and yeah Beth would have been about 15 or something like that 14 something like that yeah and then we sort of just caught the bug you know we had a a really um I think the first gig the first festival gig was a really good one thank god and that's we just sort of that was enough for us to uh that was enough for the soul for us to keep sort of chasing that dream whatever that is for the next um you know however many years and through
1: Good and terrible gigs after that, <laughs> mm. and so then, how did that evolve from yep. you two playing and moving through, you know, the gigs and I guess at the stage were you singing covers or original songs? No.
0: Yeah, we never really got into covers. In fact, I don't, I don't know any. I'm, I'm am te- I'm terrible around a campfire. If someone passed me a guitar and said, you know, play, Paul Kelly's blah blah blah, I'd be like, I don't know how to play that. <laughs>
1: just let me give you original
0: (laughs) yeah I guess I just which I would never do because that what a wanker but um (laughs) I I just I don't know a lot of other uh, a lot of covers I just don't um I I think people who do are fantastic and I really appreciate them around a campfire um but yeah so uh we never really played a lot of covers I uh uh, I, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure why, maybe it came down to that first festival gig where it's it, it sort of, you, you don't want to get up at a festival gig and play uh,
1: the covers,
0: really, or too many of them in your sets. Well,
1: no, I guess you're forging <laughs> your own path then, and, mm. and what, a, what a boost in confidence to be like, yep, yeah, you've got this festival and that festival went really, really well. And yeah. of course, to see your parents succeed in the industry as well, that's a lot of green lights for moving forward.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, like we were young and free then, and and uh, the world was out oyster, and we were doing really well. I mean, we'd had, we'd been overseas. By the time I'm just sort of trying to get to the, the start of teeny tiny Stevie's, I guess. By by the time that all happened, we'd toured North America about three times. We'd made a, uh, three or four albums. One, the, the the latest one we'd made in LA and worked with a the producer there, like. Things were great. Wow, we were having a couldn't have asked for a you know it was awesome. Um, And then uh, you know I I was sort of I'd always sort of uh, work three days in in the music industry I'd do sort of my music industry job um, as well as be in the band and uh, you know after the last tour in America or or before the last one in America. Sort of went up to them and say, "Okay, I'm finally quitting. You know, I'm going to quit and become a rock star now. You know, <laughs> um, I didn't quite put it like that, but you know, there was some there was <laughs> some element of feeling like that. <laughs> I'm finally quitting this, and I'm just doing." It's like
1: and the waitress
0: um, who finally lands. That's
1: right. And throws the throws the apron <laughs> across the counter.
0: I'm out. That's right. I'm doing a movie.
1: Um.
0: So yeah, so I finally did that, and then got back from that tour. And then, um, and not long after I got pregnant and, um, <laughs>
1: just the after the universe sort of... <laughs> had another plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, which was great, of course, great news. Um, a wonderful, uh, uh, surprise, not accident. I feel like accident, surprise and planned are all like three different, you know, <laughs> sort of ways yeah. to get pregnant. Um, Definitely, not an accident. I know how these how these things work,
1: but uh, but like, wow, surprise! <laughs> um, so, so yeah, were you, sorry, still, you go. sorry? Were you were you overseas when you fell pregnant?
0: No, no, I was back in Melbourne. Um, but I was twenty eight, and not like that's a that's a fine age, you know, but potential. and I, I'm pretty sure I'd said, you know, to, to out loud before, Oh yeah, I'd like to be pregnant at 28 or something. But then I'd probably also said out loud before, Oh yeah, I'll get pregnant when I'm 34, you know? So mm. I, uh, I, I guess I've found myself pregnant, maybe a bit younger or, or on the younger side of, uh, where maybe I, I, I hadn't, even though I'd achieved all, achieved all these things with my band and stuff, I still kind of, it, I wasn't in a place, I guess that, it was a bit of a freak out, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I think it, it comes around quick, doesn't it? Like I can yes. remember growing up thinking, oh, I'll have kids by this age or that age and then you get to that age and, yes. and yeah, I'm, I'm ready and I can handle it, but fuck, it's come around fast and I haven't quite done everything yes. that I thought I would do. Yes. And I can relate when you're saying to a surprise because the boys were a surprise hmm. six months out from a wedding they were definitely oh not planned yeah so I could relate to that surprise but it's a good surprise and you know yeah. you 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 can take it within your stride but it still wasn't quite exactly yeah what you thought would happen yeah
0: exactly exactly and yeah that sense of um I guess when I guess yeah once you've had when you become pregnant as well well at least for me I should I don't mean to uh, make this sound like I'm Speak talking on behalf of everyone yeah <laughs> but Go um on. for me when I fell pregnant I still had just you know you don't really know what it means to have the responsibility of children yet you know you you know sort of in theory what it means but you don't know you know and mm. I had kind of just thought yeah well this is my path this is what I do um I will continue to do that and um my kid would my kid will just you know um fit in to to all the things I want to do and I'm not about to sort of counteract that theory and say that's just not true I, I definitely think that there is a sense of if, if you have that spirit in you I think you can manage that to an extent, but. Just the realities of having a baby and how much work that is when you've actually had it, I had no clue about that. And then suddenly fitting the other work that you used to do in around the new work or with the new work or whatever, it just, like, I, I don't think you can understand that until you're in it, until you're doing it. And mm. if you work for yourself or, you know, if you're lucky enough to work for yourself, if you want to put it like (laughs) it is lucky it's great but for me you know you need to really rely on yourself to make stuff happen and it can be frustrating um if if uh I don't know if you're set up like this too but when you when you're ambitious and you you want to get things done and you work for yourself and now suddenly you're this you're responsible for a human being (laughs)
1: it's a a massive it's a whole massive paradigm shift and life shift and i think you're so right and when you fall pregnant of course you have a concept that your life's going to change and you understand things will be different and you know as you said there certainly are families where they have a baby and the baby just fits into the picture effortlessly and seamlessly and they still tend they you know they still go off traveling the world and they still do all yeah. of the things yeah. but I know for so many people that's simply not the case because you just don't know what sort of baby you're going to have yes. you don't know how you're going to handle matrescence you, you don't know how you're going to handle that identity shift mm. and so many things change mm. um so I can yeah. appreciate that for you then when you did have your little one mm. it's a whole it's a whole shift and yeah. so yeah is that when like how then what happened next yes sorry no no it not make much much sense (laughs) I think I have a point I think I have a point where did I put it (laughs) yeah
0: exactly um so I think what I'm getting to is that um I guess after having my baby for me I I think like what, after we after I had my baby, one of our band members left because we started our band with it wasn't just me and Beth, it was our childhood friend um, Robin as well. He decided that he had some other things that he wanted to do, which was totally awesome and fine, no issue. Um, uh, we're still excellent mates, but so but sort of on paper it was like okay, I'd had a baby. Um, someone's left the band Uh, I don't know how to do all this at this at the I don't know how to do this altogether I don't know how to make it all work and suddenly I just felt like how am I going to make my kid proud I'm what who am I you know like I suddenly Mm. went from being I guess something that felt like uh, you know I'd achieved this stuff and it's great to, to suddenly in this new world of you know, I, I'd been. I, I was now in a mother's group with all these people who did all these other things, which I think is fantastic. By the way, I love that about being a parent—that I'm getting to meet all these people who 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 are, who just do different things to me for a living. I think that's great. Um, but you know, they were talking in in different ways, you know, than maybe I was, because so, uh, I'm now hanging out with people who work in the corporate world, or you know, whatever. And in that world, I'm like, oh. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if what I've achieved is as is, is good. I don't know. I, maybe I should have achieved more by now, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I had a real sense of what I'm trying to say. I think I found the point. Um, when I had a baby, it gave me a real kick up the bum, I guess, to – it made me even more ambitious, if that uh, is and the right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I was going to say that before when you – said I don't know if this is the way you're designed with ambition I was not ambitious until I had the kids and then when I became when I became a mum, it was like all of a sudden you realize you're a role model and I think you also get get a sense of yes of course there's the sense of purpose that comes with parenting but I think you get a sense of contribution and also that your resources are not infinite the time that you have is finite because it starts to move and you realize oh my gosh, they've changed so much in this one month. Time is moving. Like, I don't know, there's something about <sighs> realizing that for me that made me have that accountability to level up. And I think that's why there are so many businesses and so many brands that are born in the period of mums that have young children.
0: Isn't it's that like interesting?
1: All of a sudden it's like, mm. you know, there's a magnifying glass over our life and it's like the time is now. Like yeah. time is of the essence. Yeah. I mean,
0: you said, you said all of that so much better than me, like in such a time.
1: (laughs) I knew exactly what, no, no, I just, I can so relate. And I think that, you know, so many women that I've spoken to and interviewed here for the podcast have said a similar thing. And I think that that's, it's great to focus on that as well because often when someone does fall pregnant, it's like say goodbye to your sleep, say goodbye to this, your life's over type of thing. When really, there is so many, yes, there's lots of hard things about parenting, but there are so many great things that yeah. come from going through this parenting journey.
0: Yeah, even things of, like you just mentioned time. Um, I suddenly had to become amazing with my time management, purely just to get anything outside of keeping this human alive done. You oh, know, you
1: become an organization ninja.
0: Yes, for me, that's what I had to do to to achieve anything it, sort of in the realm of uh, of the, the place where I was ambitious, you know. Um, so in that first year after having my baby, we made another uh, Little Stevies album. So, yeah, so sorry, I should have mentioned as well. So Beth and I's band of many, many years was called The Little Stevies. Um Believe it or not, not a kid's band. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we made a new, an, another Little Stevie's album inside my house. We, like, built a little studio in the, the third bedroom. Um, and so we did that. And then we sort of got to a point where I guess maybe I had a, I think it was about two at the time, and my partner um, uh, said to, said, said who, sorry, my partner who also works as our manager, so the Teeny Chinese team is my sister Beth, myself, and my partner Tom. And he kind of said to us, all right, guys, you know, if you want to keep being musicians, you're going to have to diversify because, you know, although in Dreamland, not Dreamland, I don't know how the right way to say it, although I'd achieved these great, sorry, I should say we as well, although we had achieved these great things, You know, it wasn't like amounting to heaps of cash coming in or anything. You know, it 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 was sort of a lifestyle, I guess. That it afforded us a nice lifestyle to go and play festivals and this and that. But like, even that was becoming sort of once you've done that enough times, you know, it's not as exciting going to play a
1: festival again. You know,
0: (laughs) it's sort of yeah, the thrill
1: wears (laughs) off. And I imagine you know you transition to a different stage, different season. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so he said, you know, you've got to diversify. So we actually had this period where we're like, okay, well, how are we going to diversify? Um, and we sort of had to ask ourselves questions like, well, do we want to keep being musicians and keep being songwriters? The answer for us was definitely yes, absolutely. We don't want to not do this. We love this. So we, we'd we even, it's funny to think about it now, we'd even tossed up the idea, okay, let's, okay, it's either a kid's album or a comedy album. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what we thought we were going to, anyway, that was a quick Well, you
1: are funny, you're very witty, so I, it's it's not actually a big stretch.
0: Well, I think, you know, in, like, I think, I think it takes a lot more to actually write a good, like, comedy set, you know, that goes for 45 minutes and actually do it at the Melbourne Comedy Festival or something. But anyway, so I'm glad we, we decided, look, we'll, we'll try and write some kids songs and see where that takes us. And that, uh, yeah, that was really where Teeny Tiny Seabees was born. That took a long time. I'm looking on the thing and it's like 30 minutes that took me to get there. Was that one question? <laughs>
1: this, this, is, this is what the podcast is all about. It's just about having a chat and I love it. And it provides so much more context than just go, you know, I, this, is, this is what it's all about, Bill. Right. So first, and just a follow-up question, Little yep. Stevies. Yeah. Why were you called the Little Stevies? Is it because of your last name?
0: Yes, so our last name is Stephen, um, and yeah, yeah. So that's why we just called ourselves the Little Stevies, and we were kind of around at a time. Do you remember the band Little Red? And um, you know, there were there were a lot no. of bands. No, I <laughs> yeah, wasn't very okay. cool. Well, look neither am I. Um, Little Birdie, like I think yes, we were Little actually Birdie, playing. I remember. You remember? Yeah, we were, We were. I think we we're actually called the Little Stevies, but if, before them, <laughs> not that um, trendsetter. But no, I, mean, I think my point is that just it was there was a time where it didn't sound like a kid's band, I think,
1: is what I'm trying yeah. to say.
0: Yeah,
1: totally. And so you made this decision to diversify or, I guess, also pivot towards children's music. Yes. And so you start writing songs. And did yeah. you find that you just like had, was it instantly? like? Was... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. Was there an instant ease when you started writing children's music or was it difficult? Um,
0: well, it, it was sort of, no, I think I would say there was an instant ease um, because we've always been sort of good at writing songs, you know. That part of the, uh, that part of the job, the overall job of what we do has always been um, <laughs> you know, something we've really enjoyed, the writing songs part is enjoyable, uh, usually. And, and do you write together or um, take turns? Like how does that process unfold? Yeah. D- it's different every time. Um, we do write together a lot and, um, you know, I would say most of the Teeny Chinese TV songs are, you know, written together. Um, every now and again we'll, we'll write one sort of separately in, in that one of us will sort of come up with a, more of a finished song and sort of present it to the other. Uh, but even in that scenario, we both work on that song, you know, uh, and make it sort of ours um, and then, you know, from its sort of initial writing. But, yeah, so, so we, do, we do absolutely write together heaps and heaps. Um, but we also write, like, together but separately. Like there's nothing worse than sitting in a room with someone that you're trying to write something with and just hating it. And hating them. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I looking over imagine. at them and just going, I'm hating this. And you being in the room is stopping me from actually doing a good job. I and need especially to. Especially
1: when it's your sibling, because, yes. y- you know, there's, no, <laughs> there's, there's nothing quite like that sibling dynamic for speaking yeah. your truth in the moment. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, so so we're pretty good like that now. We'll just we'll notice when that's happening, and we'll be like, okay, cool. I think we've got what we need, like for me to go off separately with this now and work on the the idea that we've started here in the room. Can you, if you can, just like email that sort of riff through to me, and then I can work on uh, the melody and lyrics for that, or you know, some
1: version of that, you know, and then we come back together
0: once we've worked on it more.
1: Mm. So then, how did you go from? pivoting into children's music, working on those first songs, creating that first album, to Mm. then now, I mean, I know that that's a big jump, but even just from your first album, the first handful of songs, to then being featured on the ABC network and having over 10 million plays on the ABC demand app, like how did that come about? Is that where Tom steps in? Um. Ah, uh, yeah
0: definitely yep definitely um but it's also good to like I think we we first like we made so basically we made an album um called useful songs for little people and we we just made it you know the only we just wrote these songs I guess without any we sort of looked okay let me start again I guess we once we decided we're we think we we're fairly good at this. let's try and write an album. you know we kind of looked around in the kids' music scene, I guess and tried to find we d- we didn't want to do something that's already be- that was already being done you know well um we wanted to offer something different so we um we sort of looked around and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time thinking about this bit, sort of like who are we and what are we doing? If we're going to put something out in this space, how do we want it to be, uh, yeah, it's different to what's already on offer. Um, I guess the answers to those questions for us was, you know, we don't want to just sort of like reinvent the wiggles. Um, We don't want to uh, be... um, We didn't want to wear costumes either, you know, like there's a sense of, not that there's anything wrong with that. It just
1: wasn't for us. We could just tell that, you know. Um, I guess like any business or brand, you have to kind of nail your, I guess I was going to say your brand Bible. So it's like what are your values? What's your purpose? What's your intention here? And So it sounds like rather than you wanting to get on stage and sing about spaghetti in a brightly coloured outfit, yeah. To create something that hadn't really been done before. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of any children's music before you, before coming across the teeny tiny Stevie's that really is so intentional and has such powerful messaging behind it. So that's not an accident. Like you must have intentionally gone, okay, if we're going to sing a song that's going to get stuck in someone's head, let's mm-hmm. make sure it's got a positive message. Exactly. That's it. That's that's exactly what we did. So
0: so yeah, it, like you know yeah, songs get stuck inside humans' heads. That's that's their uh, superpower. You know, so we wanted to make sure that if we were going to add more to this space, that our songs that got stuck in kids' heads that would have some kind of usefulness to them. So whether it be usefulness to the kid. Or the parents basically a family usefulness so um that that was really the intention for, from the start so even with like um you know the there's a big song i only go to the toilet on the toilet um from our first album you know the intention of that is to be useful
1: and funny but useful you know it's like it's- to that one because just yesterday my girlfriend caris sent me a message because i had posted about you guys years ago and she has been since fallen in love with your music as well and she sent me a message saying why is it that the teeny tiny stevie song gets stuck in my head is that i only go to the toilet on the toilet yeah that's the magic baby yeah it's pretty (laughs) it's
0: pretty annoying (laughs) well they're just you know like you're welcome yeah you're welcome (laughs) um you know or like I ate a rainbow it's like kids will sing that and then it's it's useful in that you can as the parent then you can be like yeah I ate a rainbow let's eat that rainbow you know like we just what we just didn't want to have a we didn't want to put out songs that meant nothing we didn't want to put more baby sharks into the world and that's not trying to put down baby shark but you know Singing Baby Shark over and over again, which just means nothing. It's uh, I, th- I think that we can put down Baby Shark. I think yeah, it's safe.
1: yeah let's, let's it's put a, it down. It's a safe space to shit on. <laughs> how dog. how it's annoying! Dark.
0: There is there is no usefulness whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's sort of that they were kind of like that was a rule for us. We're like, if we're putting, putting stuff out, it's going to get stuck in people's heads. It has to be useful. Um, And yeah, and, and, and kindness is a big one for us. Acceptance is a big one for us. Like looking around in the space, it's like, I was thinking about this conversation and um, thinking back to, you know, writing those first songs. And I remember just thinking things like, uh, you know, there's a song on that first album about um, my mum's bed is a big, the brown, whatever ocean, you know, I dive in and I feel it open. Um, and I remember writing the lyrics to that and making sure that one verse said my mum's bed and the next verse said my dad's bed. It never actually said my mum and dad's bed because I was very aware that some kids, mum and dads, don't have the same bed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so this song can be for everyone listening to it. Um, not just, you know, whoever's listening to it can relate it to, to themselves, you know, whether they have a mum and dad who share the same bed or don't. Having said that, I, you, sometimes you can't manage that in every single aspect of every single song you're singing, but it's always on our mind to just be, uh, m- make sure that these songs can be as much for everyone as they possibly can.
1: Absolutely. And there's so much power in that. And that's how I mean I came across your music because when my two when I've got twin boys um, and when one of them when they were little one of them went through a time that he really really loved the color pink he loved Elsa he loved princesses like he dressed up as Elsa for his birthday party he was all about it he did a couple of terms of ballet and it seemed to be quite confronting for some people that a little boy interested in these things and I have always taught the boys colors are for everyone so it was never it was never like pink is a girl color blue is whatever and Mm -hmm. so the boys had that language so that if a child said anything to him he would say colors are for everyone and I had shared that on social media and it had gotten quite a bit of traction and movement and other people joining in and then a few people reached out and said have you heard of this song by the teeny tiny Stevie's yeah. that, um there's no such thing as a boy or girl color yeah. and at the time I hadn't and I listened and then that was it I was like oh my gosh yes and then the next one after that song that I listened to was the um is it love is love Phantom? oh yes yeah yeah yeah. Exactly. yeah that I watched that the um the little clip for that on YouTube and I just had tears running down my face bill because I was uh-huh. like this is this is part of the cure. Like this is yeah. magic because for children to be exposed to different dynamics, that has mm. such a big flow on effect, not just for the child that's in that situation who might only live with dad or live yes. with their grandma or whatever it is, but just for children. Like, And at that time, we were like the cookie cutter family, mum, dad, two kids at home, yeah. pretty standard situation. But even just having the kids know that there are other Mm. dynamics out there means that when they go to school, it's not a foreign concept for them. So they wouldn't make someone else feel other. Yes. So it just works on so many different levels, your music. And that's when I think I started sharing your songs on social media and you and I began a dialogue because I was like, this, this is magic. This is so purposeful. And it's so important, the things that you're teaching kids through your songs.
0: (sighs) I feel that's important. I feel that it's really important too. And I, it's funny when you just said, um, you know, it's good that they're exposed to that because all kids, all people are already exposed to that. I'm doing, you know, little uh, quotations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> like everybody lives in this world. All these people live in this world. We're all part of it. So, like, you know, we have some weird, crazy people write to us sometimes who are offended by some of our songs, which is not often, though. I don't want to give that time or airtime or anything. But, you know, there are some people who write weird things like how could you expose the kids to this, whatever. And I am just always think to myself, what a bizarre thing to say. I'm not exposing them to, to this. We're all living in this world. This is just oh, part totally. of our world. It's and actually
1: perhaps- bizarre that there are n- there's not more songs about this. You know. Yes, and that's what I mean. Saying expose them to that. I don't mean to say like I'll oh, expose them to. No, I know that you, don't. you know yeah, yeah. same-sex couples or anything like that. What I mean is that you know, my, how do, how do I, what I'm trying to say is no, expose, I know. expose them to that might not be the right language because you're right, we're all living and operating in this world and it's not about being that or exposing, but it's opening the conversation of going, yeah. because you just sometimes forget as parents to remind your kids, oh yeah, some parents. Yeah, well, especially like if saying, if, you're, if yeah, you are listen. in a situation where there isn't a mum, there
0: is a mum and a dad and two kids and
1: whatever else, yeah yes like if there's not a family at their daycare that has two dads you might not have had that conversation whereas with this prompt of these beautiful songs and this book you can go oh oh, like you know as parents you're just so busy trying to do everything right all the time so it's just such a great conversation starter probably is a better way to phrase it
0: yeah Um, exactly exactly
1: so so brilliant and so do you think that the, that's the magic that's why you gained so much momentum and traction in terms of going from having an album to being featured um on, you know things like the ABC network and I,
0: th- I think so because I think people um without realizing were really thirsty for, for for um I guess something in the kids music realm to address stuff that maybe is a bit more important you know like also boss of my own body that, that's a really important uh, message to start teaching kids early, you know, body autonomy and all that kind of stuff. So I think, so yeah, I definitely do think that that is where, um, why people got on board. But interestingly, I do remember, you know, we we made that first album and I'm pretty sure like ABC Music, the record label sort of passed on, passed on it, you know, um, because, and I don't um, sort of, uh, uh, I'm not sort of upset about that or anything now it was just interesting um in hindsight because i guess in a way i really do feel like we we had to sort of almost prove that
1: um that prove the concept
0: yeah that's right prove the concept and then um, and then by our second album they were like oh, great yep yeah, of course let's let's do this you know <laughs> um, and but, uh, uh, you know i guess interestingly too oh i'm not even sure if this is interesting for anybody else but the funny thing for me is that, you know, I spent so much time, you know, as a younger musician sort of, uh, you know, wanting to sign with a record label or, or or thinking there was something I was missing out on. And then when we, we did start working with ABC Music, who are fabulous, by the way, uh, there's nothing else I'm trying to say other than that they're great, but I think I now that we do work with a record label with our releases and stuff, um, I, I definitely do think when uh, thinking back to my younger self wishing that I could work with this or that, or that I'm working just as hard now do you know what i mean like i think i used to think oh i'll just get all this record label to do all this work now you know and it's like oh now that i'm living that i realize uh, a few things that i didn't i didn't know back then you know yeah you can't take your foot off the pedal <laughs> no not at all yeah 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 i'm still the main driver you know um yeah. i don't and i i've accepted that now it's that's fine i enjoy being that it's
1: fine <laughs> well I mean there are lots of great things coming from being the driver such as yes. like
0: aria nominations perhaps yes yes so teeny tiny stevies I guess um uh took off in a way that uh little stevies or connected I guess in a way that um that little stevies never never did we'd, we'd always make you know over the years you know when we'd make fans we'd always keep them we've got we've got a very strong fan base in that sense but i guess just more people got to hear teeny tiny cv songs which is fantastic and and uh you know partnering up with abc music and then being able to get our animations on the telly um, and that's another thing i'm pretty sure that abc tv passed up on um our animations first up as well and again sort of like you said that the concepts that had to be had to be proven a little bit before we got a yes which is just I guess maybe interesting information for anyone who might be sitting there listening to this and who's just got a no I wouldn't always take it you know like take short walk away with
1: a no but then you know go back in exactly. six months <laughs> I love that yeah rather than a no maybe it's a not now
0: yes yeah 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 maybe it's a not now and maybe you just need to show show them
1: I don't know yeah definitely and I I think that's such good advice and that applies to so many different things and speaking of advice and I know that you're going to say "Well, I might not be someone to give advice because I can just tell that you're so (laughs) humble but if you did have any advice for women in business someone out there who's starting a brand or perhaps like you said they've just received a no what would your advice be now that you've been proving this concept successfully and, like you said, you are actively in the driver's seat? Mm. Do you have any sort of words of wisdom or takeaways that you could mm. share?
0: Um I mean, all of my advice is going to be completely contradictory in that I'm going to contradict myself. I'm going to say one thing and then I'll say something else that contradicts that thing I've just said. That's just the nature of how I communicate in everyday life and it's exhausting and horrible. Um,
1: but That's say, the best thing about being a woman. We right. are a moving target. <laughs> yes. Our truth is fluid. It's very fluid. So, you know, I guess even
0: though I just said, you know, don't take it as a no, baby, take, well, you said take it as a not now. That's, that's a great one. Um I would also say don't be scared to, um, t- you know, take on feedback and, or at least try feedback, you know, at least try some things. Even if you kind of know in your bones that's not the right way, I just know it, try it because you might, you might be surprised or you might by trying the thing, the new thing, uh, you might find that you find it an even better way... That, that you were doing the thing that you thought was the best way. You know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. Well, I think often our ego gets in the way and we don't want to hear feedback. So I think that's such yeah. sound advice. Just, you know, drop into it, take it on board, try it on, see how it feels. Yeah, yeah. And and pivoting is good. Um,
0: we laughed when we were, you know, we use the word pivot over and over and over again because it's a, uh, it's a tech instrument, the, the, the tech world, and then we were using it in the music world. Um, context or in a music industry context. Um, so huh, we thought we were funny saying we're going to pivot over and over again. Anyway, but look, pivoting is, is you know, it's scary. Like the idea to start new or try something completely different when you're, it's sort of like a muscle that you, that you, when you do it more and more and more, it gets easier and you don't, it doesn't feel so loaded like this idea of changing, but, um, once you get used to it, it 's a really good muscle to develop, I think, um, and it means you can kind of like move through this navigate this world, whatever your world is in this whatever your scenario is that you just you know yeah. less stuff can hurt you because you're open to change and um, and pivoting and creating something new again, you know, like I look around sometimes now and it's funny, I guess. Yeah, if you can be, if you if you like to be sort of like in that innovator kind of role or something, without trying to sound like a wanker. But sometimes I look around now, and I think it's great. Like, there's there's other stuff now happening in the in that kids music scene. That, and this is not to say that I think we started anything like completely on our. I, 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 it's weird when you're talking about yourself. Maybe I'll just I'll just try and talk without. Um, uh I'll Uh, say it. I
1: think that you pioneered (laughs) this category of children's music. I'll say it. Okay, all right.
0: Thanks. (laughs) So I feel like when you're when you do something like that and then you kinda look around you notice that like it's a bit of a thing. The innovator in me goes that you know, there's this thing inside of me now that's going, Oh, I want to make sure what I do next is going to be a little bit different. Which is interesting. I find that interesting. Um because I don't want to be, I, I don't want to do stuff that other people are doing. I
1: don't know what I'm trying to say anyway. Yeah. I don't know whether that's that's helpful. That is, that is helpful. And I think that it is important. And I know what you're saying, like about, it's like when people say, Oh, you're an entrepreneur and you're like, Oh, it sounds like such a wanky thing to say. And the same thing with the innovator, but I guess because you've lived it, you have innovated, diversified, pivoted, whatever you want to call it, and you've changed and you've seen how well it's done for you. And so, you know, when you are the first or one of the first people to do something new and then other people fall in behind you, that does force your hand a little bit to go, okay, now what? What's left of this?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And and it's also a great, you know, it's a – once you kind of like reach well i don't know reaching i was just thinking the other day like you know like the wiggles are that you know they 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 can do you know almost anything they want to do now like underneath the banner of the the you know like mm. so once you've sort of created that thing then things can get really interesting you know you can you yeah, can bring the really you stuff. to the next
1: yeah yeah really exciting <laughs> well <Wow. laughs> I think it's amazing and for anyone who is listening and they've not heard your songs, they absolutely need to. Where should we send people? Well, uh,
0: yes, great question. I guess just all the social media, um, you know, places. So uh, and we're all just teeny tiny Stevies at them, teeny tiny Stevies on Instagram and teeny tiny Stevies on Facebook and um, yeah, no, that's about that's about it. And at our, at our website, we we just put out a new album, um, Thoughtful Songs for Little People, and we have our two previous albums. Uh,
1: what are they called again? Uh, Useful Songs for Little People and Helpful Songs for Little People. Um, so good. And, and you've it, also got books and other resources as well online, don't you?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got some of our songs have been turned into picture books and uh, we we did that. <laughs> I joke on stage sometimes, I'm like this song is so popular it's been turned into a book <laughs> like it sounds like someone else did that <laughs> it's like yeah no we we did that um and so yeah so they're there and yeah all, all that all that stuff is on our website oh
1: uh, like well, I can't speak highly enough of your music and your books as well my two still love the books they love the artwork they love the little um oh yes like the little marsupials and they just they're right into it so oh
0: simon howe is a brilliant illustrator and he's our animator and we've been working with him from the start he's a local melbourne guy as well and so yeah so when i say when i said before our little team is basically beth myself and tom it's also simon when we're talking about the overall teeny tiny stevie's uh thing that you see in places you know because he make he does all the drawings
1: Mm, they're so cute well before I let you get back to mum life can I hit you with a couple of our rapid fire questions and yeah. then I will let you get back to mum life because I know you've got your little one with you today but I would love to know what would you consider to be your best habit <laughs> <laughs> these rapid fire did
0: you say <laughs> um uh, I, I mean Oh, God. I'm like an overthinker. So this is literally my worst nightmare. Uh, that's my worst <laughs> habit. <laughs> What's my worst best habit? habit? Overthinker. Got it. Uh, best habit? Oh, I don't think – I don't know if well, I don't have one. Um, My best habit is that if I'm making a cup of tea, I'll make one for my partner.
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a that's stupid – nice. Thing. <laughs> that's thoughtful. That's a good <laughs> habit so most annoying habit you're going to lock in that you're an overthinker is that what oh you're doing? yeah it's like put me in front of a shelves at Coles, and I'm just like it's a nightmare for me Dec- decision fatigue is real yeah. I can appreciate that um okay what is something good that has come from 2020 for you
0: Ah, uh, this will sound silly but we found the porch um We just, we've been locked down for so long that uh, we started using the porch, going out and having a drink on the porch in the evening, putting a cartoon on for the kids and just sitting there and doing that. And we would never have done that if it
1: wasn't for lockdown. Um, Isn't it funny how all of a sudden you realise, okay, we've got to use this space a little bit differently. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, exactly. What, What, if you can remember, is the last thing that you Googled?
0: Oh, well, um, I'm doing, we're doing some um, writing for another project at the moment, so not our own project, so some um, songwriting for another project. And I would have been Googling um, like the SES and the police and the fire brigade and stuff to, uh, to learn a lot about them so I could then write about them.
1: I think Ooh, that's what interesting. Um, do you have a favourite book that you can share with us?
0: uh like uh like a chapter book uh yeah, well <laughs> this is only funny because it's how many years ago i read this um and it's embarrassing uh how long it's been since i've read a proper book but i my favorite book um i read was the five people you meet in heaven oh, i've not heard of that one i the guy who, it's the guy who wrote it, Mitch Summon. Anyway, I have to look it up. It's beautiful. And I, it, I loved it so much when I read it and I wrote a song sort of inspired by it, like straight after it was one of those moments, which is a really beautiful book. And I should go back and read it again, actually. Yeah, that's a good Hopefully
1: one. Put you meet in heaven. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Do you have a must-watch t- must TV series or movie or anything like that that you've been enjoying through lockdown? Um, A
0: must-watch TV series, I would say, is – oh, my God, I'm not going to remember the bloody name. It's the one that's about the Murdochs, but it's, like, not about the Murdochs. Um, It's called – it's not called Congression. It's called – what's it called when you – uh, you have to edit this. <laughs> no, tell,
1: tell me, keep going, we'll get it. There'll be someone listening who's uh, like screaming. Oh,
0: there will be someone listening right now. Um, it's, it's uh, can, no, um, you know, Succession, Succession. Okay, that's a succession. great show. Succession okay. is a great show. Uh, the Morning Show, have you seen that? So good. Um, oh. That's really good. That's on Apple TV. Um, we have just discovered Grand Designs. Uh, obviously, I've been aware of that show for years, but we've just started watching it because we're uh, hopefully going to be doing some renovations, and we think it's kind of like just really fun to watch and also hilarious because the host tries to break couples apart in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> it just like takes one one part of the couple like to one end of the house and is like, "So tell me, tell me about your husband."
1: I mean, he really, you know, <laughs> like, why are you doing it again? Insert the drama. Yeah yeah okay grounded i'll have to check that one out um and last but not least do you have a favorite quote or words that you live by
0: damn i should have pre-prepared this uh
1: a favorite quote i i only go to the toilet on the toilet (laughs) (laughs) that is a
0: great one (laughs) Maybe that is how I should end it. (laughs) I only go to the toilet on the toilet. It's true, I do. (laughs) My early 20s would have been the last time I didn't go to the toilet on the toilet. and I stand I have a memory of that and I stand by
1: that they are words you should live by brilliant let's leave it there yeah we can leave people with that visual right there (laughs) well it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you and learn a little bit more about the journey of the teeny tiny stevies I've really enjoyed it so thank you for your time today and I will make sure we pop all of your social media handles and your website in the show notes so that our listeners can check you out
0: Thanks, Kylie. So nice to chat. I'm sorry I talked for so long. Oh my gosh!
1: Stop it! Stop it. I know. Sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Actually, that was the sorry purpose of it. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Great to chat to you. It's been really nice. Oh.